And welcome to Kansas City Actors Radio Theater. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and I'll be your host today for another episode of the finest radio drama performed by your favorite Kansas City actors. This week we have episode seven of our original series, Kansas City 1924, written by local playwright Forrest Attaway. Our sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distilling Company, downtown Kansas City's first legal distillery since Prohibition bringing back the Roaring Twenties in every bottle, when the king of Kansas City was boss Tom Pendergast. He ruled over a city of gamblers, speakeasies, and rule breakers. The Paris of the Plains never missed a drop of gin, bourbon, or vodka, and they still don't. Tom's town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's town, the people are thirsty. And I hope you people are thirsty for another taste of Kansas City 1924. In our last episode, we met George's secret and expectant girlfriend, Mia, and discovered that she is Joey Giovanni's wife. War clouds darken between the stockyards and the speakeasies. The KKK leaves town. And so does Mia, in the care of Madame Boca and the Gypsies. This week's episode is called The Ides of Summer. For months now, a quiet war rages in the back alleys and exterior roads of Kansas City. The men of the Livestock Exchange have been actively sabotaging liquor supply lines and wreaking havoc through the countryside. Colonel Wesley, the Texas oil and cattle baron, has sided with the rabbits for the upcoming election, and in doing so has reopened lines of communication between Pendergast's man, Lockridge, and Joey Giovanni. In the back room of the Royale, the two men parlay over drinks as Police Captain Sullivan pours. The understanding should be clear as we move forward. We are not agreeing to blood, gentlemen. You want me to take an open hand to the jaw of my enemy? Joel? I'm I'm giving you license to be creative, Giovanni. We are willing to look the other direction if these rabbits suffer an amount of sickness. And no blood. We would prefer to keep the grass as dry as possible. Huh. Uh, and uh, Preachy? She's in the same stew with the rabbits. Uh, for months now, this woman damages my property. She brings these demons from Texas to parade about town, mocking our organization, and you want me to what? Uh, poke her in the chest with my finger. Perhaps you're having an issue seeing the advantage you gain with our assistance. With your silent assistance. We want the same thing, sir. Perhaps an unforeseen tragedy might occur that would... (laughs) No blood. Blood. Another glass, gentlemen. Yes, yes. Poor Sally. Not for me. Thank you, Captain. (laughs) I'll have his. Bad luck to let a man drink alone, Chairman. No, 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 no. It's fine, Sally. No. The Captain's right. (sighs) Slodger. (laughs) Absolutely. 
you thrive because you're resourceful, sir. <laughs> All we're asking is that you embrace your ingenuity. We're not looking to reinvent the wheel, sir. We know what works. Mr. Pendergast knows what works. We were all present for the spring elections. We all watched as TJ's men stomped Bulger's boys into paste in the streets. An unfortunate occurrence for certain. We're asking for the same courtesy. If I were to spill a few drops of this rye on the table, it would be unfortunate. Oh, indeed. But my friend Sally here has a towel, so it's easily cleaned up. A few drops. A few drops. Pardon the interruption, Mr. Giovanni. Uh, what is it, Mac? Anthony is back, sir. Oh. You want him to wait at the bar? <laughs> no, 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 no. Send him back. We're almost done here. Yes, sir. Go on back. <laughs> Uh, so, <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, do we have an accord? A few drops. You won't even notice. Joey! <laughs> Joey! <laughs> Joey! Hey, hey, there he is. Oh, welcome <laughs> home. Uh, you. Uh, tell me, do you know Mr. Lockridge? Lockridge, uh, you've been in my restaurant. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, come by this weekend. I'll have the wife make you something special. I'll walk you out, sir. Uh, but not you, Sullivan. No, you you scare the hell out of my kitchen every time you walk in with your wife and those 12 kids. Six <laughs> children, Mr. Borelli. Oh, oh. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, they eat twice as much as any kids I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sally, I'm going to need a few moments with Anthony. Sure, Joel. <laughs> so, Tony, sit, sit. Uh, what did you find out? She's gone, Joe. Gone? She was never there. The letters from her family were true. Yeah. Little Mia, little liar. Uh, little Mia, big liar. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to do? <sighs> You're certain. I slapped her whole family around. I even shot her mother in the leg. <laughs> She's not there. I hid out for weeks. Uh, Tony. She's not there, Joey. Ah, my poor heart. <laughs> May we all suffer so much pain. <laughs> As I see it, Joe, you're a free man. The church on 8th Street is empty this time of the week. The wooden benches polished with soap and all the windows open. The entire room begs for a breeze. At the piano, George sits almost motionless as he blows gently on the back of his hands while he stares at the black and white keys. This is the instrument he grew up on. His hands are warped and racked with pain, and his neck feels like a rusty bag of nails, so he doesn't turn his head to acknowledge his aunt, Evie, as she enters the choir loft and sits. If you wanted to make noise, nephew, you have to press down. I remember. There it is. 
Oh, now see, you sounding better every day. I'm trying. Yes, sir. Every day. Now, let's see if we can put a little song in that heart. Um, what you got? Jesus loves me. This I know. Oh, okay, Evie. Okay. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, yeah. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Here we go. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. There it is. There it is. How your hands feel? They hurt. How's your heart? George. I got it. Anger in my heart. <laughs> well, uh, at least you can place it. I mean, some of these folks running around here, just anger in their pockets, anger in their stomachs, anger hanging all about. Shh, don't know where it lives. Now, do you know why you're so mad? I'm afraid I'm not going to get it back. What's that? All of it. Everything I had. All the good things I had. The good things don't belong to a son. They only belong to God. And every once in a while, he loans them to us. And so, I suppose all the bad things belong to the devil. No, sir. You did that. What I mean is men create all the anger in this world. Just men? Uh, no women? Women create life. Hmm. Hmm. I'm sure she's fine. You, you don't know her, Aunt Evie. A young woman in a loveless marriage falls for a handsome, gifted musician. I don't know what it is you think I don't know. She's different. And what do you think she, she needs? She needs a home. She needs a place where she can feel safe. That's a dream, boy. Ain't nobody safe in this world. Too many things pulling us in too many directions. What do you suggest? Find peace in yourself, George, and solace in the word of the Lord. No, I, I know what I have to do. What's that? I'm going to kill Joy Giovanni. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little It's still the early part of the night when Amy Pritchett comes bounding down from her room to begin the night with a Ratcliffe highball. She doesn't notice her mother sitting in the dark, lost in contemplation. As Amy loads her cigarette stem, she hums a popular song. The decorative flintlock lighter sparks three times before it produces a flame that lights her mother's face. 
Rabbit's mother? Why are you sitting in the dark? What have I told you about smoking in this house? I was on my way out to the front. Put it out. I didn't even get a chance to light it. God, my heart is racing like a war horse. Well, I didn't mean to frighten you, child. But why in Hades are you in the dark, mother? I'm turning the light on. Leave it. I'll join you on the porch. Can I pour you a drink? <sighs> Please. Two fingers of the corn, daughter. Getting back to our roots? Well, my roots never left me. I don't see how you manage such a vile spirit. Do you want me to stir in some lemonade, make it kinder? I'll have it from the bottle with no window dressing, thank you. <laughs> if it came in a bottle, you mean jug or jar. I don't mind the package. I drink for the medicinal purpose. Tonight, my purpose is calmness. Are you so out of tune, Mother? Do you have any idea what's going on, child? Tom says the city is trying to tax you. Oh, is that what he says? He, he talked about the Italians and safety and how he's not in love with me. I need a modicum of deliberate intelligence from you, girl. Do you or do you not understand the severity of the situation we find ourselves in? What I think... It's it not what you think. It's what you know. I know you chaining some woman to me that hangs on me like a necklace is foreboding. And it does not ease me to find you sitting in the parlor after sunset with nary a light on for reading. But what speaks to my soul is the corn liquor you're holding. I'm no fool, old woman. I see the color of paint on the wall. I just don't know what you expect me to do about it. <laughs> for one, I want you to stay home tonight. How does my good time affect your good time? Good time? This world we find ourselves in is very real and very dangerous. And I need you to respect my guidance in this. By staying home, maybe locked up in my room? Oh, that don't be dramatic. You know what I ask. You ask the world of me. It's for your safety, child. My safety? Yes. Am I just to be boarded up in this house for all to wonder if I'm a leper? Uh, you'll survive. I won't. I tell you, I'm not you, mother. I demand a certain amount of music in my <laughs> life. I'm dead inside without clamor, without lights, and cigarette smoke. You can have friends over till all hours of the morning, but stay off the mile. Ooh, jolly for me. A myriad of the same boring conversation over and over, night after night. I refuse. There. I said it. I refuse this insane communist mandate. This country was founded on freedom of thought, freedom of action, freedom to have a good time. Amy. And even if you have my chaperone nail my feet to the floorboards, I will rail against this injustice. I will scream until these walls Ugh. shatter around me and the house falls down. You ask the impossible, Mother. The impossible. Enough. I, I will never forgive you. I don't need your forgiveness. Christ, Amy. I have never until now asked you to change. Don't you think there's a reason for that? You were a colicky baby. You've lived your life at the top of your lungs your entire existence. First two years of your life, your father ate outside because of your wail and occupied the house. I told him, as you got older, you'd sleep longer and learn to live in silence. But it never happened. The busted up rooster. That's what your daddy called you. Didn't know the difference between sun up or sundown. The most unsatisfied child that ever lived. <laughs> you worry about a little corn liquor in my hand? Hell, girl, I nursed her with it. It's the only peaceful hours we could manage. Then you discovered language. 
Big books with no illustration worked better than any corn liquor soaked pacifier ever did. <sighs> now all these choices I made are coming back to haunt me. Not only do you have a taste for booze, but you're too smart for your own good. Well, I... Quiet. Let me finish. Go on. This is all yours. All of it. I'm just holding on to it for you. One day, when you're ready, you'll bear these keys. <laughs> but I warn you, they're heavier than they look. But until then, you will follow my rules. You have a responsibility, Amy. Hundreds of people depend on this estate and how we manage it. <laughs> and I have no doubt that one day you'll do a better job of it than me. So that makes my first priority you. So I'm asking you to forgo your happiness for now in the near future until we come to an accord. Will you do that for me? Hmm? Daughter? I was quiet when you sang. What's that? When I was little, you would sing. You sang in the mornings. You sang throughout the whole day sometimes. Well, my singing days are past now. They don't have to be. Well, maybe when I have something to sing about. <laughs> now, go inside and pour your musicless mother another drink. I'm smoking, mother. You can smoke in the house. <laughs> Down by the old mill stream Where I first met you With your eyes of blue Dressed in kingdom It was there I knew That you loved me too You, you were sixteen my village queen by, by the old <laughs> The Memphis bootlegger and wordsmith, George Kelly, has been bouncing like a rubber ball ever since he took a beating from Sheila Pritchett's man, Skaggs. Kelly has changed his schedules, disguised his trucks as ambulances, and now never takes the same route into town twice. Skaggs, however, is as resourceful as he is dangerous and his network of spies has solved the rhyme and reason of Kelly's recent success. So, one night, after sunset south of Kansas City, George Kelly and his best girl, Kate, roll in on a delivery truck dressed up as an ambulance. Tell me, Kelly, tell me again that I look pretty in my nurse frock. You're a hidden diamond surrounded in darkness. You say that without even putting eyes on me. My eyes are always on you, sweet Kate. Even when they appear to be falling on the horizon. Don't you dare, George Kelly. Your pretty words do not rectify this awful costume. I feel like a skinned egg wrapped in burlap. Oh, when we get delivered and checked in, I promise the first thing I'm gonna do is get you out of that dress. Oh, ooh, and then dancing. Dancing will occur. <laughs> <laughs> I am surprised this sack hasn't burst into flames around me. I'm so excited. Kansas City. You're going to love it. Gambling and dancing and sweet red wine. Uh, we got lights ahead, stud, and they look to be parked. Just follow the script and go to ringing that bell. Watch them part like the Red Sea. You're going to have to clear this road, gentlemen. Hospital business. Well, well, well. Look who it is, boys. I believe that's George Kelly. Nuts. Now, Katie, we might have to jump forward in our script. Deep breaths, girl. As 
Skaggs, I live and dream. Is that my brother Skaggs? Uh, <laughs> well, Cousin Kelly. And here I was worried I might never find you again. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awful big world, but only so many roads. I blame Mother Destiny. I like your new truck. Oh, this old thing. I'm afraid it doesn't belong to me. Property of the hospital. I'm sad to report I lost my truck in a fire months ago. Oh. <laughs> and what's this meat wagon doing so far from the city? Meat wagon? Uh, this here is a chariot of health and service, sir. Carrying a load of medicine, I reckon. And a sick little girl. Oh, and who's your passenger here? This here is Nurse Kate. She's the angel that brought the poor child to the hospital's attention. <laughs> Nurse, huh? Mm-hmm. You have an odd face. Well, forgive me if I look confused, miss. Not at all. I blame it on your parents. What did she say? You know the drill, Kelly. Out of the truck. Well, now, I'm not ribbing you, Skaggs. There is a girl back there that is coughing up fire with a temperature that rivals the sun. I'll believe it when I see it, Kelly. Now step down. Hmm. Oh, it's a sad day for trust. Get your ass down from there before I have my boys check your nurse for her papers. <laughs> Willing and able, sir. Willing and able. Now look here, Skaggs. This little girl is very close to death. I'm going to insist that you put that heater away as not to frighten her to the other side. I swear, Kelly, you are an entertainer. <laughs> as true as that statement is, I need an affirmation from you. Fine, Kelly. I'll play long. So, what's the little girl's name? <laughs> uh, Poppy. Poppy? Yes, sir. Poppy Thompson. Poppy! Oh, she's got a hell of a cough, boys. As Skaggs' body falls into the ditch, so do two other of Bridget's men. A single man escapes with a bloody lead-filled shoulder, and he drives full speed to the unaware livestock exchange. If the war was close to over, it's not now. Back in the city, Sweet Anthony bellies up to the bar as Mike pours and Alice glares. The Royale is rolling in smoke and jazz and confidence. It's crowded. It's still early, and it's crowded. Sweet Anthony has been here all day, and he's... Blotto. Hey, two more, Mike, for me and my friend. What friend? Uh, uh, aren't you my friend, Mike? <laughs> sure, Tony, sure. Hey, 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 where's our boy Holiday tonight? I ain't seen him around. Rose is singing down on Vine. He drove her down. Uh, he won't be uh, too long. He's a different bird, Vinny Holiday. Huh? Oh, that's rich coming from you, Borelli. Oh, there she is. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's my tab there, it's Alice? Nothing, Tony. Huh? You oh. know that. Uh, I forget. A salute! Mm -hmm. Oh, God, your Italian is garbage, I'm Mike. Trying. Oh, gloves are off, Emi Amici. Joey has locked eyes with the Irish. We start hunting tomorrow. You're drunk, Tony. You want a room? Oh, where's Holiday? Is Where's my little He's flower? Not here. He's such a delicate 
little flower. You know, Mikey. I, you know. Sure, Tony. No taste for pain, that one coming or going. No taste for it. And he's pretty, you know? We're going to get you a room upstairs, Mr. Borelli. <clears throat> you want me to send word to your wife? You keep my family's name out of your mouth, Alice. I know what you are. Huh? Maybe these people don't know, but I know. Okay. Mike? Okay. Hey, let's okay. find you a bed upstairs, Tony. Yeah. You've been here all day. And a girl. Sure. Sure, Tony. Hey, hey, okay. Take Mr. Morelli upstairs. Make sure he has some company. Ooh, make her Irish. <laughs> Mike, I want a big bottom Irish girl. Mary, huh? upstairs. Mary, oh, what a pal was Mary. Oh, what a As good as he does, he holds his hooch like a four-year-old. I would hate to be holding on to his bag of ghosts. Is he out of the fence on holiday? Ah, no, I think he's just jealous. Oh. New toys and all. Yeah, I hope so. We're short on men as it is. We have enough blood in front of us without spilling each other's. Excuse me! Can I help you, friend? Yeah, I'm looking for Joey Giovanni. Never heard of him, but I like your suit. Huh. Hey, Alice, check out this guy's suit. <laughs> East Coast. I can tell by the cut. Good eye. Good eye. So, you say he's not here? Uh-huh. I said I never heard of him. That's right. I see. So, who's running this blind pig? You got us all wrong, pal. Uh, Would you supply the music? Uh-huh. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh-huh. You know I love jokes. Well, here's one for you. A revenue agent okay. walks into a bar. Listen up. Line them up, man. Get your hands on them. Don't run in. out. That's enough. That's it. One at a time. None of this is With a flood of revenue agents descending on the Royale, the air is filled with breaking of glass and shuffling of feet. Big Mike places his hands on the bar and gives Alice a nod. In one sweeping motion, Agent Rouse hits on more than 20 of the city's mafia-supplied establishments. Nailed to each of the doors is a federal writ citing foreclosure in accordance with the Volstead and Mann Acts. To the south, the Sheriff's Department drags the bodies of Skaggs and his boys out of the ditch they were piled in. The wheels of justice turn slowly here in Kansas City, but they do turn. There's a little less music in the city tonight. This is Kansas City, 1924. Is the Royale done for good? Is Kansas City forever changed? Forrest Attaway and history books give us more clues and surprises next week. Featured in this week's episode were Victor Rader Wexler as the narrator, Mike Ott as Police Captain Sullivan, Brian Paulette as Chairman Lockridge, Mark Robbins as Joey Giovanni, Scott Portis as Big Mike, Rusty Sneary as Sweet Anthony Borelli, Nedra Dixon as Aunt Evie, Justin McCoy as George, Katie Hall as Amy Pritchett, Jan Rogie as Ma Pritchett, Alyssa Lynn as Kate, R.H. Wilhoyt as George Kelly, Matt Rapport as Skaggs, Ellen Kirk as Alice, and Sam Cordes as Special Agent Shane Rouse. This episode was directed by Victor Rader Wexler, sound design and engineering was by John Robertson, and it was written by Forrest Attaway. 
Kansas City Actors Radio Theater is made possible by support from donors like you and our program sponsors, which include the Estelle S. and Robert A. Long Ellis Foundation, the Muriel McBrien Kaufman Foundation, the Richard J. Stern Foundation for the Arts, the Miller Nichols Charitable Foundation, Theater League, the Missouri Arts Council, Arts KC, and special thanks to Mark and Valerie Andrus. Of course, our exclusive sponsor for Kansas City 1924 is Tom's Town Distillery. Tom's Town spirits don't just break the rules, they change the game. You can find their vodka, gin, and bourbon at your local liquor store. Tom's Town, the people are thirsty. I'm Cinnamon Schultz, and please stay healthy and stay tuned. Stay tuned.